Well, hello, good evening. I am so excited to be here. This is a Good Girls Guide to podcast, and I am Rachel Vogt. Uh, I'm so excited to be here. Uh, if you feel like you're getting some real good juju for being here, find the link tree in the description for us to be able to connect, whether that's over your sexual wellness and intimacy building through some free content. Uh, if you'd like to do some one-to-one sessions or the empowerment class, whatever is uh, going to float your boat, then let's connect. Um, you're probably not new here, but if you are, hello and welcome. And please let me know some way, shape, or form how we were um, connected. If somebody introduced us, you just happened to find me, which is unlikely, and that's why I'm kind of curious. And that's it. We're in, I almost said podcast again. We're in season three, which I'm so excited about. Um, this has been so much fun to jump back into it. And I just want to say from the bottom of my heart once again that the whole reason that season three is here is because of y'all, okay? I was teetering on whether or not to do it, and I was just kind of lovingly coerced as I guess I would say that but uh what I like to reiterate is that one of the largest pieces of feedback I got from people was that they loved episodes when I brought people on so we are back with another guest special with my absolute best friend Jennifer Davis she's been on the podcast before so I definitely encourage for you to go and listen I'm pretty sure we had you on both seasons I'm pretty sure right mm-hmm. yeah yeah maybe I- so Go check it out. Um, so I definitely had her at the top of my list. So like, I would like for you to come back. Let's talk about where you've been, all that kind of stuff. And so she's here. So in a second, I'm going to have her reintroduce herself if you are new and haven't heard her story yet and kind of catch us up to what's been going on. Uh, but before I do, I just want to just add in that Jen is, uh, like I had said, one of my favorite human beings. We've been best friends for years now. She was practically... Uh, Cole's father when Brett and I weren't together in his youngest years and I know without a doubt I would not have been as successful as I was as a single mom if I hadn't had her support and her friendship and uh, I'm so grateful for you and I think that anybody who is able to have a relationship with you is incredibly great or grateful as incredibly fortunate I hope they know that I always admire how much I learn just from being friends with you and how much I end up accepting myself by the full acceptance that you've been able to give me over the years. So it means a lot to me to have your support. It means even more to me that you're here to share your story. So please, my dear friend, tell them a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm Jen. Like she said, I've known Rachel for ooh, 15 years. It's hard to say. Right, because Cole's four, 15 now, so it's probably going on 16. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's scary. Um, but uh, the the last few times I've been on the podcast, though, I, I was talking mainly about my weight loss um, journey and where that took me. And um, currently not as focused on weight loss, um, but uh, definitely some life changes to get caught up on, um, which is why I'm here. Mm. Um, and so just to spend time with my friend as well. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so th- that was one thing. I, I don't know why I forgot about that was kind of like one of the main focal points of why we decided to, to do a couple of episodes together is we were very similarly spaced around our health and wellness journey uh, in completely different capacities, but yet so many similarities at the same time. And um, I would agree, like that was one of the conversations that we were lucky to have after this last year, we got to spend so much more time together. Uh in the last couple of years with COVID and stuff. So it's really restricted that. So I feel really fortunate, but just as an acknowledgement, like I feel the same way. That's what we were talking about, right? Is that I, I know I can say with clarity right now that I'm so grateful to not be beating myself up about the fact that I've put 30 pounds back on from my massive weight release or whatever. And understanding that not only did my one year anniversary of being dry completely just like bypass me. I I knew it was in this month, but I forgot, which is really cool. But then it was like, 
duh. If you haven't drank in 365 days, you've put on 30 pounds because you've just been shoveling that shit into your mouth because you didn't want to... You were... You had the other thing helping you to avoid feeling, but more importantly, I think with alcohol for me, it was like allowing myself to be a person that I can be without alcohol, you know? So that was my whole point was that, yeah. So I put on the weight and being in a state of reflection instead of beating myself up and feeling like I failed, which is like the first time in all of my history of weight loss and weight gain and weight loss and weight gain, having that relief around my body, I guess, uh, and being okay with it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, but I think a lot of that comes from your um, self growth that you've had, um, and that we both had. I mean, we both definitely grown as people and um, know ourselves way better than we did five plus years ago, ten plus years ago. Yeah. Um, when we were struggling to lose weight, so then whenever we got to our weight loss goals, um, it wasn't as hard when the weight started coming back because we had tools mm-hmm. and um, guidance within ourselves to deal with those things. Yeah, yeah. I would say that too, for sure. Um, guidance and um, just like the, again, also the awareness because it's like, oh, I did it before successfully for once. So I feel a lot of, again, relief that I know I can do it again. And I think we're both in the same headspace where, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but for me, like I just had been saying to myself for the better part of months versus weeks of, oh, I got just like, I'm starting to feel it. Like I'm feeling like the lethargy, I'm feeling the low energy and not bad about my body. I actually appreciate how my butt's filling out a pair of pants right now. But just knowing the capability that I had in terms of energy and uh, wherewithal, inspiration to self in terms of that energy when I was 20 or 30 pounds less. Yeah, yeah. And I also got to a point in my journey of weight loss, health, whatever, Um, where I was uh, focusing on the number on the scale way too much. And so whenever I released that is when one came the freedom of being able to just not worry about it as much. But then also, because I wasn't focusing on it, I wasn't looking at that number, weight did come back on. Um, But there were also life changes that happened, like completely changed my focus. Yeah. And my lifestyle has changed 100% from where I was two years ago, um, whenever that all started. So it definitely, um, it helped not looking at the scale all the time because that's an obsession on top of like your eating and whatever else that you're obsessing about. Um, so whenever I stopped looking at the scale as much weight did come back, but it's not like I'm where I was Mm -hmm. whenever I started. So like you said, I have the tools, I know what I need to do. Um, I've started doing what I need to do, um, again, and I'll get back to where I want to be. And I don't necessarily need to be at my lowest weight. Um, and that's okay, Mm -hmm. but I do want to feel healthier. I want to feel better in my clothes. I want to be able to exercise better and easier and things like that. So yeah, definitely need to work on it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's pretty much how I feel about it. And I also would say that, um, Oh, shoot. I kind of already forgot what I was talking about. It, like, had to do with what you were saying with kind of coming back around to it. I think, one, I've noticed that, like, the first time around, I've talked about this before, that I I dropped the weight so rapidly. (laughs) It's coming back to me, right? Is, like, to me, when when you've made a lot of different types of changes in your life, so not just around health and wellness, but I don't think people use 
the linear comparison to that type of change to any other change in your life as much because it's so vanity driven if that for most people right like you and I have been able to move past that thankfully and that was a huge block a huge level of resistance to me around weight loss for years because I know that I was motivated by thinking I would feel better in a thin body out of acceptance does that make sense uh-huh. Yeah. So yep, the first yep. time I went through that, that the successful amount of change, it was to me trying to correlate it to like anything that you might do. So like if you just start working out right away and you do it a lot, a lot, a lot, if you just like pick up a new habit or a hobby, I'm sorry, where maybe you're crocheting every day and you make 15 different pieces in like 30 days or whatever. Um, doesn't matter. Pick any skill here. And what at least tends to happen for a neuro, neurodivergent brain is that we wear that motherfucker out until it no longer is new and shiny and I'm not getting dopamine from it. And in the past, my habit would be just to kind of give it all up. But through personal development and success, what I've learned is what I'm really doing is throwing everything at the wall and then whatever sticks, that's mine. That's my personal development journey. That's my thing that's specific to my success or how I view my success versus all the things that I tried from an online mentor or a program or blah, 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 blah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And the other thing is, is that we're human beings. So we're going to, we're going to change. There's, there's things that are going to happen in our lives. There's things that, um, the people that we surround ourselves with the, um, our jobs, our, um, family, like everything's going to affect us differently at different points in our lives. And so you have to adjust and you have to, your focus may change. Um, and that's okay. But, as long, like you said, if you're throwing things at the wall and you're picking up those things that stick, the things that stick will stick around when those things change. Yes. Uh, and so as long as those those things are good and those things are healthy, then yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think it's funny that you said that as long as those things are healthy, because I've been having this mantra in my brain for the last few weeks, and I've been thinking to myself, it's like. Anybody that you've been comparing yourself to, and I know this is, we probably all know this, but it just bears repeating to say it out loud, number one, and like I said, for some reason it's been stuck in my head, is all of this comparison all of these years is I just keep thinking other people are better than me at something. They're better at discipline. They're better at responsibility. They're better at remembering. They're better at proofreading. Those are definitely not strengths of mine. But then I thought thought to myself, it's for the most part, I don't think that's true. I'm sure there is a little bit to that. But for the most part, it's that all of these people have better habits than I do. That's what it comes down to. I just haven't trained my brain consistently enough for the set of habits that works for me. If I had a habit uh, maybe voice recording my posts before they went out and then reading them that way. Maybe I'd have less spelling errors when I upload them to my social media. But my impatient brain is like, I did the task once. I don't want to redo it by proofreading it. So send it off on its way. Dopamine drip be gone. So uh, anyway, that was just like a realization I had. I keep trying to remind myself of that is that that's all it is, is that I am in a state of mind right now where I took 2022 off. I felt like I was teetering on the brink of a, a burnout, committed to not doing anything new. And I just knew that by like September, October, November, I started feeling it. And I'm like, I think this is going to be 2023, another year of production, like not necessarily overproduction, not necessarily intangible forms of success to prove my worth, but just to not distract myself. 
but to keep myself focused and productive. So I not only feel the growth and contribution I want to give back to the world, but it passes time. An idle mind for Rachel is absolutely territory for overeating, smoking too much pot, laying around, doing nothing, creating a belief system about how I am completely incapable and the imposter syndrome seeks in. It's just, it's a terrible cycle. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, a lot of, because I know of you, a lot of yours is fulfillment. Like you feel, you feel fulfilled whenever, when you're doing things and um, those things are productive. Um, so whenever you're not doing productive things and you're, you know, doing those things that aren't so healthy for you, mm-hmm. um, you don't feel fulfilled really right. is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly what it is. It's an empty pit that I'm just trying to shove a bunch of shit into to fill up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, you mentioned that you have gained weight. So I also have gained weight. I've gained about 40 pounds back of what I lost, um, which not a horrible thing, but I am getting to the point where I am recognizing it. I'm seeing it in my clothes. I'm seeing it on the scale now because I have gotten back on the scale. Um, and uh, it's definitely... Um, was a change of life for sure. Um, as you know, but a lot of people don't, I was in a seven year relationship that ended last February. Um, and because of that one, um, I wasn't cooking at home as much cause it was just me. I was cooking for, I wasn't cooking for him or us or whatever that may be. And, um, I also started dating. So then there was going out to drinks, going out to dinner, going, you know, eating the bad foods that other people were eating around me, that kind of thing. Uh, You mentioned alcohol, alcohol, you gain weight whenever you're drinking alcohol, even if you're doing it the most healthy way, which I try to do my vodka waters all the time, but there, you still wait, you still gain weight. (laughs) Um, And then uh, on top of that, you, you mentioned weed, like I partake as well. So then you get the munchies, you get, I mean, there's so many things that happen. And whenever you're living a completely different lifestyle and uh, talking about dating also, I'm on the go more. So I'm not able to plan as much. I'm not able to exercise as often as I want to. So, yep, definitely put on some pounds over the last year. (laughs) And, but I know why. And now that I know why, I feel like I can focus a little bit more and try to now that I know my lifestyle and what my lifestyle looks like currently, I'm able to adjust to that. Um, and, you know, January of 2023 is a great time to start um, changing and making goals and doing all that. So. For sure. There's always an energy around it. I agree. And um, uh, shoot, man, I need to be making some notes for crying out loud. I don't know why I'm squirreling out of everything. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, yes. Here, I come right back around. So what I really liked about what you said is that, like, I think for the both of us, I just think it, it it's important to say, like, I'm proud of both of us because where we both sit now around viewing our body and having that, I mean, you were, I think you were always better at it than I was anyway, but um, it's like, again, not being as disappointed with self or even really disappointed at all. I don't really think that I am disappointed with my, myself. I think I am just in such a better understanding because in retrospect, any other time that I might have fallen off uh, a lifestyle change or mostly a fad diet is what it usually was, right? It, it definitely felt like, like, oh, you did it again. Oh, why can't you get your shit together? Oh, why can't you just be thin? All those kinds of thought processes running through my brain. And this time around, again, it's more of just recognizing you're 
changing into a different season of life. I One of the mantras that I spit out all the time, right, is that you can have it all, but you can't have it all at once. And so like understanding that while I did build all those really great skill sets like you talked about, it's like when you think about your relationships, wealth, mental and physical well-being, spirituality, purpose and passion, right? Like I know that this season has been about my relationships with my children specifically and my husband. I know that I needed to shift and I knew I was going to be okay in a sense of like, quote unquote, coasting around my lifestyle because I had built those tools up like that you talked about. So I could shift focus into really meaningful intention behind my relationships and be in full acceptance that that might mean I might put on some weight, that I might have to reconsider going back to the gym more consistently or finding something more exciting and new to move my body or whatever. Uh, and that was the change. It's like, okay, great. So I, a couple of years ago, had thinner body. We had, I'm just going to make this shit up right, but more money and... Um, I was talking to God every day through meditation and today I over hug my children and kiss them on the forehead and make sure that I'm present at every single event and I cut work at six o'clock to make sure that I have time with husband uh, but now I got a bigger booty you know because <laughs> it's just impossible to spread yourself so thin over all those things like you were saying like you find yourself in a different lifestyle it makes sense it's not about not doing the the things that you want to do and know you're supposed to. It's just literally being in a different headspace right now of moving towards finding affection and building relationships. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and there was a portion of my, my year that was focused on healing and grieving. And because, I mean, as much as you, whenever you break up with someone, especially for someone that you've been with for seven years, you go through that. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I was healing and I was grieving, um, again, what do you use to cope with that if you don't have, you know, the focus to do the exercise to, you know, get out of bed even mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. that it was it was food or it was alcohol or drugs or whatever. Yes. Um, so those unhealthy things were creeping in all, all the time during that process. And, um, once I got beyond that, um, and within dating and things like that, that is also, I mean, kind of the same thing, just trying to find that new ground where, where can I focus not on the unhealthy things? Mm-hmm. And it's taken me six months to, uh, since dating to be like, okay, um, this is what I need to do. I need to prioritize myself for one, because I'm, I can't be there for anybody else if I'm not where I want to be and I'm not happy with myself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my main focus right now is just getting back to that routine. And um, then I think all the weight loss stuff will come. Yeah. With it. Yeah. Like I just, it, it's definitely like it, it being in this experience of again, I guess you would call it like a restart or whatever. It just, it does, it just feels different. The energy around it, it's more about excitement and opportunity versus like an obligation. And again, sort of centered around my value and worth, I think, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I hate that I like it, but I was just at the gym this morning. So, <laughs> all right. But <laughs> what I, I do want to focus, uh, kind of switch conversations to, unless you had anything else to add about that was, um, dating because I've been perpetually yeah. in a relationship all my life so how's that going it's fun it's exhausting it's terrifying yeah <laughs> it's um challenging 
at times as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thrive in it sometimes too. Um, so yeah, what do you want to know? Well, what do you mean you thrive? Can you give me an example or say more? Um, yeah, no, I mean, I think though sometimes, um, I enjoy meeting new people. I enjoy getting to know new people and, and things like that. So I think that I thrive there. Mm -hmm. Like I, it's weird because I'm like an introvert at heart. Like when I'm in a relationship, we're at home all the time. We're not doing a whole lot of go, go, go. But in the dating aspect, I'm definitely an extrovert. Like I can sometimes have three or four dates a week. I'll be honest, three or four dates a day sometimes. Yeah. So like I thrive in that. And, um, some people think that's okay and some people don't. Um, and that's okay. Um, it kind of just depends on who you are and how you are looking at the dating aspect. And I will say the, the way I went into dating is not the way where I'm at now with Mm. dating. Um, when I went into dating, I was just like, I don't really, I'm not looking for anything serious. Just got out of a seven year relationship. I'm just looking to have fun. And, um, that was probably more so when I was doing like four dates a day where I don't, I'm not looking for the love of my life. Um, let's just go have fun, Mm -hmm. um, and get free drinks, have, have dinner, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and it was fun while it lasted, but then it became where, um, I met somebody that I liked and he made me realize that I wanted a relationship and I was ready to move on and have a relationship. Um, and that opened my eyes to what now I'm looking for now. Um, and yeah, so it kind of, it's, it's went through its own cycle Mm -hmm. of what I'm doing, what I'm looking for, all of that. Um, but it's scary and it's new and it's different. And like I said, it can be fun too. Yeah. Well, I'd agree with that. You are a social butterfly and introverted extrovert is a real thing. It's me too. Even the most of us like to have a good time. Our glass gets spilled over sometimes as well. Uh, I have a question for you though. Do you feel like, cause when you talk about like the social aspect of dating three or four times a week or even in a day, I know, you know, I don't give a shit about what you do that it's not, I'm not one of those people, but do you, do you think that it is leaning towards more of the excitability around being social or do you think it's more about the connectivity of having a, a partner? Um, in the beginning, whenever I was doing three or four dates a day, um, it was more about not focusing on being alone, Mm. not focusing on, um, the ex, you know, and everything that's going on there. Um, so it was more about getting out of my house, which I lived in with my ex, you know, getting out, um, and then just like putting getting your feet wet, so to speak. Like, okay, this is what it feels like to date. This is what it's the environment is because I hadn't been dating for seven years. Um, and I was on the apps seven years ago and now I'm on the apps now. Mm. It's completely different, completely different. Um, and (laughs) what's fun about what's interesting about that is what I mean by it's completely different is typically, and you had your guys that were looking to hook up and your girls that were looking to hook up when I was on it seven years ago too. I would say the majority of people that are on dating sites today are looking to hook up. And that's 
all it is. So you kind of have to feel that out now and figure out where you, what you want and where you land in that. And then you get into these situations and situationships um, that are, these people want a relationship to just want to feel like a relationship. If, if that's, I'm trying to find the words for it. They want to feel like a relationship, but at the same time, don't want the extra work. They don't want to have to meet your friends. They don't want to have to meet your family. They don't want to introduce you to their friends, their family. They want to spend every minute that they have with you, but don't want it to be so serious to the point where, oh, we're actually in a relationship. We're going to grow together. And that's what I'm looking for now. Yeah. I'm looking for that person to grow with, build a relationship, a family, a life, or whatever. But a lot of people aren't there on the dating sites. And I'm yeah. 35. I should say that. I'm 35. So most people should be there, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, you think. Like, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, you would think. Yeah. And th- I mean, that's the one of the more unanimous things that I hear from my single clients is uh, females are having trouble connecting with men who want more than, you know, just a booty call. And what you're describing is interesting to me. I feel like it's kind of the evolution of that, right? Like I believe booty calls have already always existed, but that sounds like a step in between. Like you had said, perfect ideal world word for that is situationship. So you're not just coming over at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night. Uh, we're spending all this time. We are a relationship. We are a relationship and you nailed it. It's just not investing in the deep intimacy of that, which is ironic because the culture supports that around hookup uh, situations. But what I think that more is, is just that, of course, an avoidance by putting your walls up because you're too scared to let somebody love you. Yes. Yeah. 100%. And I have walls. Don't get me wrong. Like, and they're very hard to break down, but I'm, I'm the type of person that's like, I'm going to tell you what I want and how I want it. And if you can't meet that, okay, fine, let's move on Mm -hmm. because we're not that person for each other. Um, So that is, that's the hardest part is like trying to get people to break down their walls um, and allowing it. Yeah. And like you said, we're spending every waking minute together. We're going to the grocery store. We're going and doing these, these coupley things. We're going to the movies. We're, we're doing this on a daily basis sometimes. Um, and I'll tell you, like, I've been in three of these type of relationships since I started dating in February. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a lot. And majority of them lasted months. And then I finally was like, okay, where are we going here? Because we're not progressing. And um, I need it to pr- progress. It doesn't have to progress fast because I'm not looking to move on fast by any means. Um, I don't want to live with you. I don't want to marry you within a year, you know, like, I just want to know that there's a future. And when none of those things are happening, that seem like, like, what, what did you say? Commitment or I I can't even say commitment because, well, and I can't even say commitment because every single one of them, we have been exclusive. Mm -hmm. So and there's been conversation about exclusivity. So whenever it changed, it was because we were talking about being serious and the intimacy of, of a relationship mm. outside of sex. 
because that was always happening. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, it's unfortunate. I just think that a lot of that obviously comes from programming and social cues around the expectations of what men are supposed to be primarily, but obviously women go through that kind of thing as well. Uh, I think my lucky star is not to, I mean, like, I mean, just, I've said this before. I mean, like, I wouldn't even know what to do. What to do. We would just have to, like, be old spinsters that move to a house in Colorado if I ever had to consider dating again. I just don't even, uh, it's not, of course, I'm just making a joke out of that. But, um, but I can understand that, uh, especially at this age range. It's always such an interesting time, right? Because I appreciate, and I know that authenticity about you and being upfront about your expectations and your standards and things like that. And I've always, that's another thing I've always admired about you. You just never really, I'm going to say what I have to say because I am an equal partner's relationship. Whereas I was so scared that they would leave me that I would take crumbs of whatever they would give me. So having this open conversation, which it should just set the scene and instead of like taking that in as a partner and going, oh, okay, I can appreciate this. Maybe we should do this like quarterly or um, half a year or once a year and sit down and go like, where are we? What do we, what, what's been working for us? Is there things that we need to change? How do you feel like you can support you better? Are we ready to talk about marriage? Are we ready to talk about kids? Because we're kind of getting down that road and I don't know if I'm ready yet. And if you, maybe you're ready, that's cool too. But I just don't think I'm going to even have them at all. So if we come to that agreement, then it's understandable that maybe I should go my way. You should go your way. This was really fantastic. Thank you so much for the experience. I love you. I admire you. I respect you thank you for what you brought to my life I wish you all the best but I guess we're just not meant to be at this time in our lives you know what I mean <laughs> yeah so much time is going to be wasted if you don't have those conversations if right. you are too scared to bring up conversations you're wasting your time you're wasting their time if you're you know what like okay these conversations don't happen on the first date and like I said I'm not having that conversation on the first date do I when seeking out a date or even on the first date, do I set expectations of, hey, this is what I'm looking for. What are you looking for? You have to do that. Because if you don't, you're walking into a situation where, one, you're going to get hurt or they're going to get hurt, right? So, and you don't want to do that. Um, that's, I mean, I don't want to do that. There might be people out there that want to hurt people. I don't know. <laughs> but you don't want to hurt people. So if your expectations aren't set at the beginning of what you're looking for, for one, um, then you will get that you will get hurt or hurt them. Um, but if you don't continue to have conversations with that as the relationship progresses, um, like you said, just a, a check in, you know, like after a month, it's like, okay, are we exclusive? Are you talking to other people? Um, after two months, it's like, okay, should we go and try to do something social together? Like that that's my expectations of how a relationship should progress. And then where, where I was seeing it was definitely in signs of like, like that second month whenever we would try to put our lives together because we're dating and we're going to be together. Um, that's whenever I would start to see like, okay, there's some red flags here. Mm. And by month three, it was, you know, we're, we're done. So it, that's happened. It's happened. Um, uh, <laughs> and it's hard. Um, I don't, like you said, I don't wish that on any, anybody to have to go through that at this stage in their life. Um, but I mean, there's fun things about it. I'm a very sexual person. So I will say out loud, it's been fun kind of exploring that and um, having new sexual partners. Yeah. Uh, because you get to try new things, you get to experience new things. And that's fun yeah. for me. Yeah. So, for sure. Yeah. 
Cool. What would you say um, was like one of the biggest learning lessons or um, things about your seven year relationship breakup that changed for you? Hmm. What do you mean by biggest learning lessons? Yeah. Like, do you feel like not necessarily that you yourself are a different person coming out of it, but like something that you learned about yourself or something that you learned about your future expectations around your relationships or something to that effect. Yeah. Okay. So, um, my ex is an alcoholic and I knew that getting into a relationship with him, but the conversation was always, um, it's going to get better. It's going to do this. It's going to do that. Right. So my expectation is, um, now that, I know what those signs are Mm -hmm. um, of that. So one of the first things, like deal breakers, right? If somebody asks me what a deal breaker is for me, a deal breaker is if you're an addict um, and if you're an addict of any sort, if that makes any sense, um, I cannot be with you. Um, And I, I can pretty much tell when you're an addict. Like I've went on dates with people that say that they're not addicted to anything, but you're an addict. I can tell. Mm. Um, So that's a big trigger signed for me. And I didn't know that before. Um, if they're a recovering addict, um, I have dated two recovering addicts, um, which are in my situationships. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and those have, um, whenever it comes to that, I feel like you have to make sure that they're stable in their sobriety. Right. Um, because if they're not like happy with themselves or where they're at still, then, the possibility of them going back to it is also going to happen. Mm. Um, not that that happened in either of those situations. It's just that I know that from being with an addict. Right. right? Um, so I, that's, that's something that I learned about myself is that I just can't be in that. And that's probably just from experience in my relationship. I don't want to ever have to deal with any of that again. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, the not being stable, um, in any aspect of my life and being able to grow, um, because it's hard to grow whenever somebody else is just stuck. Um, so that, um, is one thing. And then probably the other thing is just listening to my instincts, same kind of thing, like listening to him tell me, oh yeah, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Well, I know damn well that that was never going to happen. Um, and, but I had fallen so hard, so fast with him that it didn't matter. Like I was just, I didn't care and I wasn't listening to my instincts. And so I feel like definitely using that more so in my dating world, like I said, ended this, the situation chips whenever they needed to be ended because of my instincts. I feel like. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I dig it. And again, you know, it's like the woo woo side of that is that instinctually we all have it. It's not our head. It's not our heart. It's our gut. And we're coached out of that. And that's very also, again, culturally speaking, like head and heart kind of stuff or whatever. So I think that's really cool. Uh, And then it only, again, really further adds more to, like, again, where you are in your life. Because if your intuition is there and your intuition is clear, it's going to also direct you to what it is that you want, where you're going to go. So being able to be in that power of clarity and say, hey, partner, here's, again, what my expectations are going to be for a relationship. (laughs) There's not enough people out there that are that emotionally aware yet that you can match with on Bumble for, I mean, like, it's just like, I don't know where you meet more intellectually sound people like, I shouldn't say intellectually sound because it's more about the emotional based kinds of things, but 
I don't even know if they make a dating app for people like that. Well, I think that's the the thing that I'm saying about the um, the process of having to go on go on multiple dates, mm-hmm. right? Because if you don't, it's like you said, you can't find them just off of uh, matching with them. Like you, that's something that you're going to have to learn by conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it, it may not even be on the first date. Um, it may be within that first month of knowing somebody. Like, okay, we're on the same page whenever it comes to everything. We're in the same, you know, cycle of life. Um, and if you can't meet there, then it's never going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that, um, no, there's probably not a dating app for that. <laughs> but also... Um, I truly believe, and I don't know where I heard this, so I have absolutely no idea, but it was a dating coach that had said that women, this is not very women-like, but that women should date at least three men at a time, um, because not to compare them at all, because you don't want to ever compare anybody to each other, but to be able to listen to your instincts and what you want, because yeah, this real hot guy or whatever may woo you or whatever but this guy over here may intellectually be where you're at and that may be may be more attractive to you than this hot guy that's wooing you right Right. so I definitely have taken that to heart like I don't I'm not exclusive until we have the exclusive conversation and what I mean by exclusive doesn't necessarily mean I'm sleeping around with multiple people until we have that conversation. I mean, I'm talking to other people. I'm going on dates. I'm meeting people until I have an exclusive conversation with somebody. Mm. And that's because I want to be able to meet as many people and be able to have those conversations in a short amount of time because I'm 30 freaking five. I can't, I don't have 10 years to find my person. So just trying to find my person and, um, like you said, those conversations, they're not going to happen from swiping. They're not going to ha- happen within text messages. That's another thing. Like, I can't, like, women are like, I got to text him for a while. I got to know him very well. No, go meet him because you're not going to know if you like that person until you meet them face to face. Like, you don't know their tone of voice. You don't know any of that. You don't know if they're being sincere. Like, they could be sitting there telling you this and copy and pasting it to another girl. So, if you're having a sincere conversation face to face, that's how you're going to know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. intrinsically, that's what a relationship's going to progress to anyway, is you spending actual time together, hopefully. Right? So. Right. That makes sense. So my word of advice is go on a date within the first week of talking to the guy. Oh, so. yeah. Nice time frame. Yeah. Cool. Sweet. Yeah. So as you'd mentioned, you knew that. I mean, from a whole mix of things, not just like the lifestyle overhaul change by having um, the the breakup happen in your life and then swinging into the dating scene as well. What do you feel like f- for you when you talk about your overall like change in lifestyle, healthiness, all that jazz, what have been some of the successful things around that for you? The change of lifestyle? Mm-hmm. Um, I've definitely been more outgoing. Um, and... Um, I'm learning and trying new things with different people. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I said, sexually is one thing. Um, And then uh, here recently, um, since the beginning of the year, I have gotten to the point where I know, okay, 
like a couple days out of the week, I need to take a day for me. I need to be able to meal prep. I need to make sure that I'm getting my exercise and that kind of thing. Um, so that's going to be a focus again for me, whether I'm dating or not. Mm. And it, that's just like learning how to prioritize and time manage um, better and be able to say, hey, like, I'm sorry, I can't meet for a drink tonight because I've got to go to my uh, kickboxing class or whatever, you know. Yeah. So being able to say no and um, but still at the same time go out, have fun, do those things. Um, yeah. yeah, I really like that because what that was, again, trying to drive home for me is, again, so fortunate. Uh, I know it's a rarity to be in a relationship, at least as a woman in my experience, and find growth because most women are not as fortunate as I am to have an open, supported partner just to hold space. And I'm very lucky that my husband's been able to do that for me. So with um, having that opportunity, ugh, I'm losing it. It's squirreling right out of my brain. I don't even know why, Jen. Um, oh, yes. Okay. So I know that that's exactly where lots of my validation came from was from male attention for years and years and years and years. I completely align with that. I understand it. And that would have been one of my most fearful points as well as if I ever found myself in, back in the dating world is that like I think to myself like, well, would I do it right this time? And in terms of what you're just saying, instead of like trying to find somebody to accept me and take me right away because I'm not anything without a person, um, finding the, the grace to prioritize self, not only for mental space and awareness and making sure that I understand I'm enough, I'm enough, but also to um, making sure that you have separate components of your life. So there's not so intertwined that you're not an individual, but then also just that whole picture pie we were talking about, right? Like if your life is completely consumed with your, your relationship, you don't have these other things. You will find yourself unfulfilled, in my opinion. I think that that can cross a line into a really unhealthy boundary in a relationship when it's just, just the two of you existing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and to touch on what you just said a little bit, I was not healthy in the beginning at all. And I'm just now finding healthy dating. Um, in the beginning, it was about finding that person find or just fulfilling that need. Yeah. It was fulfilling the need of the person, not finding the person. Gotcha. I'm now for the person. Um, but before with dating, it was mostly about getting out of the house, having time spent, um, doing something different, mm. having my mind off of the breakup. Right. Yeah. Um, so that was completely unhealthy. Um, it worked, but <laughs> it was completely unhealthy. Um, and now I'm starting to find the healthy balance of dating. Um, and, um, also like <laughs> completely off subject. Um, I think another one of my problems is that I'm definitely a guy's girl. Mm -hmm. So like, even though I'm like, I'm dating, I'm doing all these things. I can literally probably count this many men that I am talking to that I am just friends with now that I have met that, oh, this is super awesome. This is whatever. And maybe five of them that I had seen multiple times mm -hmm. um, and that we dated or we hooked up or whatever. And now I'm just friends with those people. So that's been very weird and interesting to find out because I was with this person for seven years and I wasn't talking to other men. I wasn't doing this thing. So mm -hmm. um, just realizing that I connect more with men than I ever have with women um, is interesting. I mean, I, I think we knew that. I think we knew I always connected better with men, mm -hmm. um, but just building those relationships with men right now is just very strange. And so I will date somebody and they will be my friend afterwards 
and it's it's very strange like my sister-in-law said to me one time she uh just recently she's like yeah but we know how, how you are you'll talk to a guy for a few months and then you will continue to talk to him but you won't be dating him anymore <laughs> <laughs> and it's so true and so I gotta I, I have to figure that out in my life why I continue to talk to these people that obviously is it's not going anywhere we're just friends um and how that will look once I find my person sure I could see that um, yeah. nice little revelation with 15 minutes left to the podcast, but, <laughs> but you know, like, so yeah, when you said it, it's interesting, it's an interesting dynamic because it's like, I don't think that you don't make good relationships with women, which is generally what happens when women are a guy's guy, guy's girl, guy's girl, right? That yeah. usually is what tends to be the case. You, you all around just make good friends. Is it different that you are able to make male friends the way that you do? Yeah. I don't think a lot of women do, but part of that is your interest. Like you, you know more about football than most men. You very much enjoy protein and that's a dude thing, right? Like, so I don't know if those are part of those alignments or not, but my woo woo thing says to me that part of them connecting with you is because you are the whole package. You are, you're, you're somebody who's intellectually sound. You're emotionally aware. You're interested in things that they're interested in. You love sex. You, you love food or meat or whatever, right? So you're checking all their boxes, but that's a, that's a them problem. So it's better for them to keep you in their vicinity, even if it's subconsciously for the potential of maybe someday versus, you know, holding space is just a friendship. I don't think that's not necessarily what they're doing, but I think that's part of it. Part of it is what about, what about the one guy? What about the first guy? that you started dating right after you started dating, right? That one in particular. <laughs> That's what I kind of think about, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It feels, it feels like it was a little elusive, and I was trying to relay that. But but that's what I'm saying, right? It's, you checked all of his boxes, and he just couldn't give you a good enough reason why. I just don't know why I don't want to move forward. <laughs> right. Yep. No, and I um, and he's one of my very best friends right now. And uh, I will say, like, I feel like, hmm, this is getting a little deep, but I do feel like he's definitely my person, um, which I had with my ex. Like he was my person, um, that I confided everything into, like we're, we just connect on a weird level. Um, and he was my person and is my person currently. And he grew into that over time. But, um, and I think that if he were to admit that I'm also his person in a way, Um, but that doesn't, um, doesn't mean that I'm waiting around and I'm not. Um, so, and he knows that and, um, I wouldn't expect him to either if I was in the same boat. Um, but I think that's also made it a little bit hard. Um, but I still, I still can, I still talk to every single one of those situationships, um, because we are still friends. We connected on a certain level. Um, and like you said, I, I, I do think it is a lot that we have a lot in common. And so it's like, I have a lot in common with this person, even though it's not working, so to speak, at, for a relationship, doesn't mean that I don't want them in my life. Yeah, I've got two things. I hope I don't forget them. The first thing, and I don't know which one's going to take longer. So the first thing, as we're talking about this, actually, I'll piggyback on that. So what I what I appreciate is kind of like there's a little bit of like some connection happening here in my brain, too. I already was aware of this. But it's more, I don't know, I don't know where I'm going with it, but I'm, I was already aware that my existence in the feminine way was absolutely validated through the male gaze. And what I think 
men appreciate about me is that very heterosexual men and very masculine women are very attracted to me, right? Because I am clichely feminine, um, if, if there was an alignment to that. And what I love about you is that you've always been incredibly feminine as well, but you, you do enjoy this, I don't know if this is the right, down to earth things, right? Like I like to watch football, but I'm never going to be obsessed with it in that capacity. And I barely eat meat. And those are just two examples, of course, like you have a whole facet of amazing things about you. But I think that that's part of it, right? Is that men themselves, I think, don't even often expect to be attracted to something that is not just a 50s housewife, because they've been conditioned to believe that is the type of woman that will make me happy by taking care of me. And then when they and luckily, when they get to know me, they know that I'm more than just that. But uh, but you present that immediately, right? So that is a little bit different in that regard. So I just wanted to say that out loud. But the thing I wanted to ask you is because, as you'd mentioned, like you've got these friendships with these situationships, um, especially with the understanding that you believe one of these people is your person and it's not the person you're dating, correct? <clears throat> um, no. Okay. So do you feel like it is unequivocally all about friendship with these people or do you feel like that also I mean whether or not I mean like I know where you stand with him the previous but do you think that it still hinders you even even a, a little bit from fully connecting with somebody else no that's good no um so the situation after him mm-hmm. <laughs> after the first one um we have actually had a conversation it was very interesting um he he was very hot and heavy at first. He was like, you're amazing. You're the person that I've been looking for. You're what I want for the end of time, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. all of the things that you, a woman would want to hear. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was very um, like, whoa, that's a lot. Like, <laughs> that's a lot for me to hear. Um, I usually don't say, say those things until I'm three months into a relationship. Mm. Uh, so for him to be like so hot and heavy at first, I was just like, very hesitant. I kind of put my walls up. As I got to know him, it was easier to deal with because I think what he was doing was, hey, I want you to know all of this up front um, so we can build on it, right? And um, what happened was is he kept saying where he was struggling, and he was very easy to communicate with. He, he did tell me where he was at the whole time, and I appreciated that. He was very good at communicating. Um, but what he said was holding him back was he just didn't have the feeling, the feeling of knowing you're my, you're my person. Mm. You're my, the person that I want to be with. You're everything that I am looking for on a piece of paper. He's like, you know, you're what I'm looking for whenever it comes to looks. You're what I'm looking for when it comes to a wife. You're what I'm looking for for my kids. You're what I'm looking for for like you like sports. You, we have all this stuff in common but on a piece of paper, you are exactly what I want. But for some reason, it just doesn't feel right. And I respected it. And I was just like, okay, well, we'll see where it goes. It doesn't mean that we can't continue to see each other because we do enjoy each other. Mm-hmm. Until it's not fun for us or until we don't want to do this anymore, we can k- keep doing this. And um, eventually, we grew apart and we're not like seeing each other as much. We still talk, though, because we do have so much in common. Um I was able to eventually put my walls down with him, um, which was nice. But then at the same time, it was like, well, fuck, now that I put my walls up, he's gone. Yeah. (laughs) He doesn't feel the same way. And I said to him, I think some of it was because I had my walls up to begin with, because you were so intense in the beginning. Um, 
he kind of disagreed, but it is what it is. We're not there now. Um, the guy that I'm currently dating, um, it's been about three months and, um, he is majority of the things that I would want. Um, kind of the same with him. Um, but there are some outside mechanisms that are taking place like family, that kind of thing that, um, we would have to deal with. And I don't know if I'm really willing to fight for a relationship like that again. Um, I had to fight for my ex and I don't know if, I don't know if I have that in me again. I don't know. Um, but we'll see. I mean, he's, he's good enough to where I want to continue and to see what can happen. Um, and I wouldn't be saying that if I was still, you know, Mm -hmm. worried about number one. Yeah. Well, that's good. It was just more of a curiosity. Uh, I think that's fantastic. And it kind of also, I'm not going to use the word clears up, but it kind of, you know, came back to what you were talking about. Like, I got to figure out why I'm making friends with all these friends. You know, I think you're just making friends with friends. Like, it might not be too much to read into it right now, at least. (laughs) Yeah. I think the problem is, is that I have slept with these friends. And then whenever I get with a new person, they're like, why are you talking to this guy that you slept with and you've been with and you have these feelings for and it's just like well we're friends <laughs> like this is this is what it is yeah um but then that's what it and I think the other thing is when I say my person I I have an all-around friendship with that person um and um I think it's hard for me to have a girl person because of my interest because I like basketball I mean uh football baseball I, you know, tend to be very outspoken about certain things. I'm very open with my feelings. Like, when I say I'm open with my feelings, I'm open with what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes I think like a man. Um, So I think it's very easy to to bond and to have a male person as opposed to having a female person. Yeah. So when I say he's my person, that just means that's the person that I'm talking to all day, every day about everything that's happening. Does that mean that I can't grow into having a significant other that's my person again? No. I could definitely do that. Gotcha. And I could see the current person that I'm dating growing into that. But there's definitely got to be some things that happen before then. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, we still have a couple of minutes left, but I think this was a really good chat. And I really like the connectivity behind the the lifestyle pause that we were both on and being under that ability to reflect again and understand the full capacity of it. And it wasn't just, you know, like, Oh, I fell off the wagon. Oh, I fell off the wagon. It was, it's much more, I mean, it's always deeper than that. It's always reflection that should be taken because once it is, it's out there and it feels less heavy and it feels like you can navigate it and um, having the expectation that, it may happen again, or it could happen similarly uh, again, and that's okay. It's just, it's part of the ride. Part of the ride. Yeah, and I think not even just in weight loss in general, just whenever you're planning planning your life, you also have to understand that you're not in control. Yes. You're not, as much as you think you're in control and you're making all these decisions and you're the boss, whatever, you're not in control. Things are going to happen that are completely out of your control, Um and because 
we're human beings because life goes on outside of what's happening in Jennifer's world and Rachel's world. And when those things happen, they're happening to you as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So then your life is going to also change and um, you're going to be affected by that. And and you have to have tools. You have to have the self-awareness to realize, oh, okay, yeah, I'm eating and I'm doing all these things, but why? Why am I doing it? Oh, because I broke up with my boyfriend. Oh, because I have a toddler that's running around driving me nuts. Or, oh, I have a teenage boy that needs me right now. Yeah. You know, those are, those are the things that we, you and I, have had to deal with. Um, but there's multiple other things. You know, a parent dies, a grandparent dies. There's, there's things that everybody has to deal with, but you have to learn how to cope with them and move on and refocus afterwards. There's probably going to be a period in between where you're great and where you're great again. Mm -hmm. And you just got to live here for a little bit. For sure. That uncomfortability, because that's where you're going to start to grow and have that recognition on it too. Uh, I think it was great what you said. I fully agree with it all. And um, it's also relief because when like you start to get into the whole it rains, it pours philosophy, remembering, like you had said, I'm a human being. I'm here to experience And even if I feel like I'm of sound mind and I'm writing flow right now, it doesn't mean that the people that I am co-creating with, which is billions of people on planet Earth, will not affect me some way, shape, or form. Even if it's a direct loved one or a complete stranger, it has that impact. And that was like, that was a huge lesson for me in personal development was not only wrapping my brain around the concept of how much control we believe we have versus what we're exerting into the world, we think that we have over everybody else. And the only focus is, us we can't even control within ourselves the only thing we can control is the way we feel about things happening we often can't even control our emotions because they're so self-programmed from years of experience and first time reactions that that's an autopilot program we're not even recognizing that so yeah i would agree with that uh and furthermore as you'd mentioned like oh why am i eating or why am i doing this oh because i broke up with somebody yeah it was that that, the correlation and connection that's also about relief right is that i get it i know that the emotion was too big for me and i wasn't in a place that i could accept it because that is the process is just letting it wash over you and fully feeling it because then what happens it's gone it's run out then you can move along but the second you feel icky and you're like oh i'd rather shove this ho-ho in my mouth or i'd rather call that guy then you have elevated to a new experience and a new frequency of feeling, but it's not the feeling you really wanted. It's just a little bit higher than where you were before. So that's why it's a coping mechanism and not a processing tool, just like you said. So just want to add that in there. Yeah. So really great things. Um, you know, I just, uh, we full circle to ending this, you know, it just bears repeating, which I said at the beginning, but to thank you because like you are my person in a lot of ways. And I understand what you're talking about because Tony's also, you know, my other person, but to have you in this longevity of a friendship and having this space to connect and to have somebody who's growing alongside is like the best kind of friendship you could ask for. So it's so great to watch you grow. It's so great to see you get the things that you deserve. Um, and having you to support me along the way, it's just been, I, I, there's times I know I wouldn't have been able to do it without you. So you mean the world to me. Thank you for being here. Well, I appreciate that. And I'm glad that you have grown. I will say one thing about growth and friendship. Um, just because you're growing, we can all grow and we can all grow in ways And I believe that you and I have definitely grown in different ways, but at the same time are able to uh, connect in that growth. Um, And I think sometimes 
especially in friendships and in relationships in general, just with people that if you're growing, as long as you're growing, it's healthy. If you start to grow in two different ways, you have to realize that that's okay. Still too, they're still growing. Yes. But if, you know what I mean? You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. You don't have to yeah. have the exact same goals about where you're going in terms of that growth. It's just the expansion in general, which is, and it's almost better sometimes, I believe, if we're not going through the same thing, because then that's how I'm able to be there to support you because I have the mental headspace to do that. So I fully agree with that as well. We got like 15 seconds. So uh, it's time to say thank you one more time and also to wrap up. So um, I know I'll put some contact information in the description if they want to find you. But friends, until next time, we'll have Jen back again. Make sure to stay happy, stay healthy. And of course, Wash your hands. Okay.